Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Hello? Can you hear me now? There we go. There we go. Hey, welcome everybody. So glad you are here today at Freedom Church. It's a little bit different of a day today, but I'm glad you are here. We've been uh, talking about living our lives on purpose now for several weeks. We talked about why we're alive. We've talked about worship. We've talked about fellowship, discipleship. And today, we're going to talk about how God has shaped our lives to be able to serve. So with that being said, if you are a first-time guest today, let me let you in on what would have normally happened today. When you pulled up on the parking lot, you would have seen smiling faces out in the parking lot to make sure that you had no problem knowing where to go when you got here. When you got into the building, you would have had smiling faces greeting you at the door and open the door for you. You would have seen screens on out here. You would have seen happy faces all over the place. You would have normally checked in your kids at the kids' ministry with all kinds of vibrant faces over there willing to love on your kids in the name of Jesus. When you came in this auditorium, you would have heard music playing. You would have seen screens on and all these kind of effects here because of a lot of people that would have been behind that wall in the production room, which are not there today. So in other words, is it would have been a great different thing if all the volunteers had have been here today, but they are not here today because today an explanation for that is called No Show Sunday. So our goal today is to make this the most awkward, the most uncomfortable Sunday that you've ever had at Freedom Church in your life, okay? And some of you are thinking, honey, can you grab your purse? We need to go. This pastor's weird. Just kind of slip out. Don't let anybody see No, no, no. But the main goal behind that is this, is we want you to realize that God wants to use you in ministry. And some of you are thinking, I'm not a minister. Oh, yes, I'm an ad minister. I'm an ad minister. Ad minister helps people to understand what to do in ministry. I could do the work of 10 people, but I wouldn't last very long, would I? Because I would get burned out. Do you agree with that? Say yes. But as an ad minister, if I can challenge you to use the gift set God has given you once you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, look how much more get done when hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are serving God. So that's what this is about. So first time guests, please come back next Sunday because we call you VIPs because you're a very important person. And you're very important because God loves you and we do too. So please come back next Sunday. We look forward to be running at full capacity with all of our volunteers running these awesome ministries that they do. So, But today is about you seeing how awesome that our ministry volunteers are. Wouldn't you agree that FC's volunteers are awesome? Wouldn't you agree with that? If you volunteer in any way or capacity, just stand to your feet right where you're at, if you would, real quickly. Those of you that volunteer in any capacity, would you guys give them a hand? Everybody else give them a hand. They are amazing. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. So our fourth purpose in life is we serve God by serving ourselves. Isn't that good? It's not right, is it? We serve God by serving others. 
We serve God by serving others. When Shannon and I first started going to church, we got married a long time ago. We thought serving God was showing up and sitting in the seat and blessing the church with our presence. <laughs> Boy, was I in a rude awakening, you know? But that's not what it is. Let's look and see what Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says. I'm not sure if this is on the app or not. I don't handle that, but if it is, it is. If it's not, write down the scriptures. You can turn on your Bible or turn in your Bible. If you didn't bring your Bible, then those that are heathens look off the ones that did bring their Bible, okay? Just kidding. But anyway, you can either turn it on or turn in your Bibles, okay? We usually spoil you with it on the screen, right? So today, look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, for we are God's handiwork. Other versions say masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Say good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. So what does that mean? That means that you and I that are made in God's image, that come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and are born again, we are made to make a contribution, not just consume. Now, if you're here and you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior in your life, you keep consuming until you receive him as your Lord, your sins are forgiven, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Then you go from being a consumer to being a contributor. I hope you understand that. God made you to make a difference. And so it doesn't matter really how long you live but it's how you live. There's no free rides in this life. Every one of us are meant to give something back when it comes to the kingdom of Almighty God. Now, look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve yourself. Doesn't say that. It says, use them well to serve one another. In other words, is God gave you gifts, he gave you talents, he gave you abilities, he gave you background, he gave you experiences to benefit other people. That's what it's about. And to be able to be used, those gifts and talents, abilities and experience, all have to be used by serving others. The Bible tells us that we were created to serve God. That's why it's called ministry. Your talents are not for your benefit. You're saved to serve. You are gifted to serve. You are shaped to serve. And we are commanded to serve God. So that's why you're alive. Look at the person next to you and tell them, that's why you're alive. We're saved to serve. Now, I, you know, you're not here. Listen to me closely. Understand what I'm going to tell you. You're not here to take up space and just get free rides through life. You say, what do you mean by that? The problem is with this country we live in, we live in a consumer mindset country called America. Are you with me? Say yes. And we think everything should be about us. To be a, me about I, you know that song, what is it? Uh, Keith Urban sings that song, whatever, you know. Uh, talk about me, talk about I. You remember that song? You know, that's what we, that's the mindset everybody's got. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about mine, you know. And so when you think about things like that, I want you to understand that Freedom Church is not a one-man show. It's not about me in this deal right here. Understanding that volunteers today didn't need a break, but today is to prove a point. I'll, be, you know, I, I'll back up what we're going to talk about today with a wonderful story of Jesus' first miracle in the Bible. You can be turning on your Bible or turning your Bible to John's Gospel chapter 2, and we're going to look at this scriptural example of what happens when we don't prepare for our guests we got to prepare for them. And I hope to be able to show gratitude to our volunteers that serve unceasingly because we couldn't do it without you. We could not do it without you. Give them a hand again. They deserve it. 
So in John's gospel, chapter two, let's look at what it says here. It says, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. Now here, Jesus is about to go on mission. You say, what do you mean? Jesus is going to go on mission to save the world, and that's what he did. And what did he do by doing that? He spent a lot of time with a lot of people. People who were not like Jesus, they liked Jesus. And that's what we're to do. We're to be on mission for God in the world. When we leave here today, we should be going out on the mission field. And there's going to be people that's not like you, but we want to be able to let them know like Jesus did. They may like you, but not be like you because you're doing your best to be humble before them and, and to be able to help them to understand that we want to reach them to know God. That's what our whole heart is here. Look at verse 3. It says, the wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told them, they told him, talking about to Jesus, they have no more wine. Now, today, if there was a wedding celebration going on in your wedding right now, it would probably be a good thing with some of your families that the wine supply ran out. I can probably say that up here. It'd be a good thing that the beer truck did not show up in some of his families, going to get a witness, right? Some of you are thinking, don't say anything, that's my family. Yeah, we don't need the wine. Oh, but anyway... When you look at what was taking place here in this day and time, in Jesus' day, honor was huge. And so we do not honor if we have not prepared for you when it comes to God's church. That's the point that I'm making. And understanding that that's what happened today. You showed up and we had no wine. And some of you thinking, do y'all really drink wine here? No, it's symbolic, people, okay? Now, the church is 20 years old next March 3rd. When we get to be 21, we might start serving Merlot for communion. I don't know. We'll be of age. Then, I'm not sure I'd have to pray about that one, you know. But anyway, the point of it is, is that what happens to churches everywhere, listen to me closely, in our communities. I've been to some churches, and it was really scary when I showed up at those churches. They weren't prepared for me as a guest. They weren't honoring me because I could tell by the way they acted. I have a good friend of mine, he's a pastor, and he told me this story. He was in a midweek, he was traveling, and it was a midweek time, and he wanted to go to this particular church on a Wednesday night and just go in there for the Bible study. And, and he didn't know the church. He didn't know the people. He just wanted to go to the church, right? So he gets in his, he's in his pickup truck. He pulls in the parking lot. He gets out. He walks between people. It's about in a little bit before the service would start that night. And he walks between people on the porch. They said nothing to him, walked in the door, walked through another group of people through the foyer there and went in and sat down on the pew. Well, he sat there. No one at the people, all the people that he walked through never said anything to him. And so when it got time for service to start, he thought, wow, this is amazing. So he gets up out of his seat after the service starts, walks back through people, walks through people out there, even people standing on the porch, probably deacon smoking cigarettes. He walked through them and then he goes out to his truck, gets in his truck. And when he puts it in reverse, he looks in the rear view mirror just to see the possibility that someone would come running up to his truck and say, how you doing, sir? But nobody did. And he left. Dishonored. This man, what if he had been lost and needed Jesus and dishonored this man? Thank God he was a pastor. And it's very sad. I made a decision a long time ago when we started Freedom Church that we would treat our guests like VIPs. We would love on you. We would come to you and we would let you know that we love you. Now, uh, I just want you to know that 
that people matter so much to God that, that God's son would die for you. And, and we want people to be able to know that, that we should never be a church that runs out of wine. And in the middle of a wedding, could you imagine, you've always got to be prepared for your guests. And to run out of wine, like here, is to run out of joy. Now, I agree too many people greeting you can be a little bit overwhelming. But whenever there's no one greeting you, it sends a message that you are not accepted in this place. Can I get a witness? Say yes. Prior to today, I want to ask you this question. How many of you felt the love at Freedom Church when you came up on this campus? Would you raise your hand prior to today? Yes. Give God praise for that, for a lot of great people loving on you. Give God praise, church. We, got, we can never run out of wine because if we run out of wine, we're not honoring our guests. If we're not honoring our guests, we're not honoring God. And excellence honors God, inspires people. And we owe God our very best. Would you agree with that, church? We owe God our very best. Now, weddings in this day, if you do not know, and if you're not accustomed to the culture of Jewish weddings, especially for this day, once the, the wedding uh, of the bride and groom consummated their marriage, they would party for seven days. It was a big deal. You had to have ample provision for this elaborate celebration, which was essential, and failure to do so could result in a lawsuit. It was a big deal. And so we want to create a church and continue a church that shows honor to people, which honors God. And when people get to Freedom Church, we want you to feel the love. We want you to see the smiles on our faces. We want to give you excellence. For us to do anything less would be unthinkable, it'd be disgraceful, and it would be absolutely unacceptable. We're never to run out of wine and must offer the wine of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God when people come to this place. We are the church and God is great and he deserves all of our praises. Let this be the only Sunday that we ran out of wine. Pastor, some of you think, well, Pastor, <laughs> I like that stripped down service today. I really did like it a lot. You know, well, if you're not careful, you know, you know, you might say those things. Well, you know, Pastor, God will save those people without all, these, without all those bells and whistles and all that stuff. Listen, be careful that you say that because you may be using God's sovereignty for your own apathy and your own laziness. But the church, Pastor, is not a business. No, it's more than a business. It's eternal. It's eternal. Look at verse 4. It says, dear woman, Jesus saying, that's not our problem. So Jesus went on to say, my time has not yet come. When he says my time has not yet come, he's saying it's not time for me to go to the cross. So what Jesus is about to do here in this moment, he's about to do his first miracle of turning water into wine. And some of you are thinking, well, that ain't really wine, Pastor. I've studied that. It's like Kool-Aid. It's this and that. Let me do a theological presentation for you. He turned H2O into Merlot. Everybody, everybody clear on that? Okay. The whole alcohol teaching is a whole other teaching. And, and so just want you to understand what he did here. And let's keep going in the story here and understand that and it, it, when you look at Jesus, here's Jesus at a wedding. He's been invited to a wedding. And I want you to know that when he gets invited to it, some people say, well, what's he doing dealing with the whole misconception that, that, that he should be the one to take care of the wine? And, and doesn't Jesus have more important things to do? You know what? Sometimes we feel like that too, don't we? 
We feel like that we are overqualified to serve in any certain situations. And do you think that, that you're serving just by barely making it to worship today and blessing us with your presence? That's what I was talking about earlier when, when we do. When Shannon and I would go to church, we'd be getting three girls ready, and it'd be all we could do to get there. And we thought that, man, we've done great. We just got to church. We're serving God. And it was such a misconception that we didn't know any better. But when it boils down to it, when it comes to serving and you think sometimes you may not have time or you're overqualified. I asked you this question. Are you more important than Jesus? Are you more important than Jesus? He was overqualified to come to earth to die for my sins and to die for yours. And he took on the form of a servant. Right before he went to the cross in John's Gospel, chapter 13. The disciples were so filled with pride and they're arguing among one another when they came into the room where there was going to be the last supper. They wouldn't even wash their feet, which was customary for the day in Jewish tradition. So what did Jesus do? He takes a towel. He girds himself, as the scripture says, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet, washing each one of their feet. When he gets to Peter, Peter says, you're not going to wash my feet. He said, well, you won't have no part of me. He said, wash my head and my feet. But imagine when he's washing Peter's feet and Jesus all-knowing being God, he knows that Peter in just a little while is going to deny him three times. Think about that. But he washes his feet anyway. He gets over to Thomas and he begins to think about Thomas about a week later. He knows Thomas is going to doubt that he ever resurrected from the grave. But what does Jesus do anyway? He washes his feet. Then he gets to Judas. Knowing that in just a moment, Judas is about to go out and betray him for 30 pieces of silver. What does, Jesus, what does Jesus do? He washes his feet anyway. It's easy to serve the people you love, but how about the people that betray you and hurt you and stab you in the back? goes on to die. He washed his disciples' feet. He dies on the cross in our place. So what we want to do at Freedom Church is simply give you the opportunity to serve others like Jesus. I'm not asking you to die on the cross, okay? That's already been taken. Your place has been taken and mine has been taken. And you're thinking, Pastor, is it that bad here? No, it's that good. <laughs> it is that good? Absolutely not. It's that good that we want to offer you the privilege to be able to jump in and get involved. So listen, do not let your pride get in the way. Do not let the enemy tickle your ear. And you're thinking, well, I'm not going to serve out in some parking lot or I'm not going to greet. I'm definitely not changing no dirty diapers, Pastor. I'm just overqualified for that. Listen, <laughs> Jesus was overqualified too. And you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others, especially in something you may not even want to do. Pastor, you're trying to guilt us into serving. No, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to convict you for where you should be serving as a Christian. Because saved people serve. Saved people serve. And when you begin to understand it becomes an obligation in your life, but the obligation becomes an obsession. And when you begin to, it'd be an obsession when you begin to see how God blesses your life, but then you see how blesses the other people that you're serving. 
Look at verse 5. It says, but his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Could you imagine how your life would be if every time Jesus told you to do something that you did it? Imagine how much better life would be. Are you with me? Say yes. If we did exactly what Jesus told us to do in every move that we make. Well, see, that's Freedom Church's plan. See here, Mary was hoping Jesus would solve a major problem. And you may not always understand in your life what Jesus asked you to do, but you always trust him in what he's asking you to do. It's important. It's imperative that you trust him. Verse 6 says, standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Now, when you think about these stone water jars and the significance of them, they were a very common object that were used for a sacred purpose. Jesus was about to take water and turn it into wine. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to take a, a, a common object and use it for this sacred purpose. That's just like our building here. Our building is really a common building that God uses for a spiritual sacred purpose. That's what we do each Sunday here at Freedom Church. We use a common building for a sacred spiritual purpose. So let me ask you a question. How many of you, and I asked you to please answer this question by the lifting of your hand. How many of you here really had no idea till now what it took to pull off a Sunday service at Freedom Church. Would you lift your hand, please? Across all time. Lift up. It's okay. Nobody's going to browbeat you, nothing. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. God bless you. You show up each Sunday and you just don't realize what it takes. Shannon and I were the same many years ago. It's like my three girls. I have three daughters, for so those of you that do not know, and when they lived at home, uh, they would show up at the refrigerator. And they would get in the refrigerator and they would eat. Don't think girls don't eat. I had three girls. Girls eat, okay? But not only that, the girls show up at the refrigerator and they get in the refrigerator and they eat up all the food and they bring all their friends and they come and eat up all the food. And the girls, my girls, the friends, they have no idea how all the food got in there. That I'm out there working hard. My wife's working hard. She's going to the grocery store. She's packing the stuff in the grocery cart, taking the money to do it, coming home and putting the groceries in there. And they just had no idea. They have an idea now. They all got their own refrigerator now with their own kids. They got a little bit of what's going on now. It just doesn't show up in the fridge by itself. It's just like the worship fridge. You show up at the worship fridge. You had no idea what it took at the worship fridge to be able to see what was going to take place here. Some of you are thinking, Pastor, you're making me feel guilty. No, don't feel guilty. I hope and pray the Holy Spirit's convicting you. God has given you too many gifts to go unused for the kingdom of God. And you look around and you see what's taking place. And maybe, just maybe for the first time, you realize you took it for granted. And ask God, ask God, say, God, I need to get involved. God, I need to be serving. God, I need to be giving. God, I need to be doing whatever, what, what exactly Jesus is telling me. It's not what I'm telling you to do. It's what I'm praying that Jesus is going to tell you to do. I'm just the messenger. I'm just bringing it to your attention. And when we look in this scripture here, the water ultimately means the law, and the wine represents the blood and the miracle that Jesus would make all things new. Also in the scripture of this, the wine representing the joy that Jesus would give you through salvation that is free, but it cost heaven its very best through Jesus' life. That is the ultimate point 
of this passage. Look at verse 7. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, I'm going to stop there, pause. Think about these big jars and think about what a big job it would have been to fill the jars. A gallon of water is 8.35 pounds. You have 20 to 30 gallon jars is what they held. So in other words, each jar was going to weigh from 167 to 250 pounds without the weight of the jar. So they take the jars outside and they go over to the spigot. They turn on the spigot and they take the hose and begin. No, it was not a hose and really easy like we have to wash our cars and water our lawns. They had to go into a, had to go to a well and they would take a very small bucket, most of them two to three gallons, if that, and they would let it down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, till they get this whole bunch of gallons of water to bring it back at that moment and fill it. Do you see the magnitude of what God does here? What God was doing in this moment, what God is doing in our church. We not only need you at Freedom Church, we want you at Freedom Church. And, and so let me give you some stats about our volunteers. We have about an average of about 120 volunteers on a given Sunday. Now, if you take those volunteers and you divide up them coming here, serving, going back home, we're looking at they're giving about, uh, uh, about 360 hours a week. That's about 1,560 hours a month. That is as much as 18,720 hours a year. Take that very simply and times it by minimum wage, which these are not minimum wage jobs at seven and a quarter hour. And if you do that, then that multiplies out to about $135,720 that we get to put back in ministry each and every year because you want to serve and use your gifts for the glory of God. Now, some of you are thinking, wow, (laughs) um, you know, I'm so glad to be able to serve. Listen, everybody's in full-time ministry. We just draw our paychecks from different places. Some of you are called to be in the medical industry. Some of you are in the construction industry. Others of you are in a company and you're climbing the ladder. Some of you own your own business and own and own and own. But understanding that we are all to minister. Now, these stats that I just told you about does not include our outreach events that we do and volunteers do throughout the year. Now, here's something that's interesting that you need to know as well. The average church in the U.S. will spend as much as 50 to 60% of their budget, their total yearly budget, for staffing. You know what Freedom Church spends currently right now? 40%. You know why we do that? Because we don't want to hire a bunch of people to do stuff and cheat you out of getting to use the talents, abilities, and the gifts that God has given you. Yes, we have to have people working here, but I want you to be able to use the gifts and talents that God has given you to do ministry. And so that helps, helps us to be able to put more money back into ministry. And you're able to use the gifts that God has given you, and you give that gift away. Now just imagine, say just imagine. To run at full capacity, we don't need 120 volunteers. We need 263 volunteers. So in other words, is if you did times that by a minimum wage number, we would not only go from putting back $135,000 back into ministry to reach people to know God, but it would go up to almost $300,000 to be able to put back into ministry. Now, we have volunteers who here that are here who make it happen. They carry the jars. It's heavy, but it is knowing that they are committed. You're committed. Thank you. Let's give God praise for the committed volunteers once again. They deserve it. Did you know? Look at the person next to you and say, did you know? We have two kids' rooms over in the FC Kids Wing that are not being used since prior to the pandemic. It's not that they're not being used because we don't have kids to put in them. We have kids to put in them, but we don't have volunteers to lead it. One of them is used right now as a storage room. God forbid. 
Did you know that it's such a travesty that anything like this would take place? Now, let me ask this question. What if our children's ministry volunteers left for good? It would be so sad that they're not there building Jesus in their lives. That's why I've allowed your kids to crawl all over you today. Right? So you'd understand that. So you'd have a brand new appreciation for what they do. Now, next week, we'll be back to normal. But here's what I'll tell you. There's nothing normal about the abnormal commitment uh, these volunteers make. The band will be back next week. There will be a whole slew of production people back there you never even see. And you know what? That's amazing. Now, what happened when they filled up the stone water jars with water? Let's look and see what happens. Jesus said, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. Man, if we could just do that, wouldn't Jesus just follow his instructions? When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, now that, that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from. Remember that, not knowing where it had come from. Of course, the servants knew. He called the bridegroom over. He, a host always serves the best wine first. He said, then when everyone has had a lot to drink, translation, tipsy, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. What does this mean? The groom didn't save the best till last. He blew it. He blew it. And we want to be able to give our very best to serving our church and serving our community. That Freedom Church exists to reach people to know God. And we don't want anything less. I don't want to blow it. Do you, church? I do not want to blow it. Did you know that serving is about salvation? Serving is about salvation. You say, what do you mean? It's one of our high five values. We exist to reach people to know God, but we do that through everyone reaching, everyone growing, everyone serving, everyone giving, and everyone connecting. They're all there. Once you come to Christ, you want to be serving. We want everyone serving. Here's the verse that we back it up with. Matthew 20 and verse 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Listen to me. You will never be more like Jesus than when you are serving others. When you go from, when you give your life to Christ, you go from being a consumer to being a contributor. And no one else, get this, in this story, no one else knew where the wine came from, but the servants knew, didn't they? The servants knew exactly where the wine came from. So I want to invite you, if you're here and you're a Christian, to come up close and help us to be able to fill up the jars. Help us to be able to fill up the jars and make a difference. In the seat back in front of you, if you are already serving, get one of these. If you're not serving, get one of these. I ask everybody, if you love this church and it's your church home, everybody get one of these forms out right now as we speak. If you love this church, do that right now. If you're already serving, put on there where you're already serving. If you're not serving, put on there where you want to serve. There is a myriad of areas that you can serve in. And I'm telling you, God is about to bless your socks off if you've never been a part of serving at Freedom Church. God wants to use you in miraculous ways, I'm telling you right now. If you're not even sure where you want to serve in one of these areas, put your name down. We will call and discuss that with you. And there might be a unique place of service that you can do. It's very, very important. And you say, well, why, why is it that I would want to serve? You serve because when you serve, you become like Jesus. Serving is about salvation. Jesus didn't have to die for me. He didn't have to die for you. But he came and said, this is how much I love you. I give my life for you. That's how he served humanity. So take this card here and fill it out and jump in. God is going to bless you tremendously. 
Don't wait to experience the best to last. Serve. As you are looking at that, and you'll have an opportunity to drop that in those buckets sitting on the floor in the back when you leave, I want to share something with you as you're looking and you're praying and figuring out where you're going to serve at or where you're already serving at. How many of you have ever heard Footprints in the Sand, the poem? Raise your hand, Footprints in the Sand. I have one I want to share with you. The name of this one is Butt Prints in the Sand. One night I had a wondrous dream. One set of footprints there was seen. The footprints of my precious Lord, but mine were not along the shore. But then some stranger prints appeared, and I asked the Lord, what have we here? Those prints are large and round and neat, but Lord, they are too big for feet. My child, he said in somber tones, for miles I've carried you alone. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused and made me wait. You disobeyed, you would not grow. The walk of faith, you would not know. So I got tired and I got fed up and there I dropped you on your butt. Because in life, there comes a time when one must fight and one must climb, when one must rise and take a stand or leave their butt prints in the sand. Author unknown. Every week, we have the opportunity to see Jesus turn water into wine. But there's something that more, there's a lot more powerful that happens in us when we are the ones who help carry the jars. You don't see it, but everybody tastes it. And only those who serve get to see Jesus in that transforming power up close in the many lives that we're touching through serving. Look at verse 11 here and what it says. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. See, the disciples believed in Jesus. They saw the miraculous and how he revealed his power. And Jesus was showing how he was going to go about doing ministry. But see, that's something that when you help carry the jars, you get to see the miracles of changed lives. And you know, when I look across this auditorium and I see so many wonderful faces, that I've seen how God has transformed your lives through miracles. I've seen people who was just so bound down with addiction and now they broke free. They dropped the chains. I've seen people whose marriages were just holding on by threads and now they have a bond because Jesus is in their marriage. I've seen people that were lonely and hurting and they found friends and they found healing. I've seen students that were so bound down and even contemplating suicide and now they love Jesus as much or more than I could ever love Jesus. As a matter of fact, this week, this past Sunday night and Tuesday night, we had two students gave their lives to Jesus. Did you know that? Is that amazing or what? From darkness to light, from lost to found, from not being able to see because they were blind and now they can see through Jesus. The children, seeing so many children's lives changed, the seen broken, made whole. So what do we want to do? We want to recruit your potential. Listen, don't sign up out of emotion or guilt and not show up 
and we have to chase you down, that's not cool and that would be wrong. That's like servants that would fill up the jars and you go up and tip them over. However, if you've been coming here for a while and you've been drinking the wine and the Holy Spirit's presence in your life and you're ready to jump in and help and fill the jars, we would love to have you. I want to share one main thing when you look on this serving form that's very important. It's the kids' ministry and the student ministry. Understand that you have an opportunity to invest in the next generation. And a lot of people say, you know, I've raised my kids, just don't want to do that, blah, 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 whatever, blah, blah, blah. But think about this. God gives you 168 hours a week just like he does me. You know what the wonderful people do in the, student, in the kids' ministry, especially on Sundays? The ones that serve now, they will come and they will serve an hour and they will come over here after the hour's over and worship an hour. You had one drive here. Imagine if you gave up two of the 168 hours that you did to be able to do that. Why am I bringing that emphasis on that? Because I call it diet and exercise. You go over and exercise in a service and, and be able to help the children and be able to get down on level and invest Jesus in their lives. Man, they don't get any better than that. To invest Jesus in the little ones that are facing, do you agree they're facing the world out there? It's gone crazy. And we get the opportunity, man, if I didn't have to be on the stage, I would be in the floor loving on those kids and giving them Jesus. They need Jesus. And Jesus is who's going to change their life. And Jesus is who's going to give them a future. And Jesus is who's going to save them. And Jesus is the one who's going to make a difference in their life. And Jesus is going to transform them to become everything that he created them to be, church. That's why it makes a difference. So don't look at it and say, oh, I'm going to avoid that one. It takes a little bit more time. But the benefits are amazing and the blessings will flow. So come on and carry a jar. And with all due respect, understand there's servants here, they are tired and they are carrying all the weight. Say, so you know what? Let me help you carry that jar. Let me help you carry that jar. You don't need to do it alone, it's heavy. If you're not a Christian, you keep consuming till you know Jesus. But you also see now what we'll do for you because we love you with all our hearts. So the question is, are you going to sit on your seat or help carry a jar? I promise you, God wants to use you in grand ways. And I hope that none of us will ever take for granted what takes place here at Freedom Church. And here's what I know. One day, we're going to stand before God Almighty. Every one of us. First off, it's going to be, did you know my son Jesus? And I hope you know the answer. And your name is in his book in heaven. And you have been born again. But next, is, I believe God's going to ask us a question. He said, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? Are you going to say, oh, man, I, I was building my career, Jesus. Oh, we at the ball field every weekend. You don't understand. I was trying to climb the career ladder trying to get in and do things. I was trying to, to build up my 401k. Whatever it is, are you going to tell I was just too busy, Jesus. I don't think that'll hold water with Jesus. The words I want to hear Jesus say is when he asks me about it, is I want to hear him say like it says in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 25. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. 
You've been faithful with a few things, so I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. How about today? My prayers for you that you'll take heed of Jesus' mother and what she said in verse 5. Do whatever he tells you to do. And when you do, here's what I will tell you as I always say. The best is yet to come. Would you stand with me, church? Father, we love you and we praise you and we honor you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for the privilege that we have to serve you, Almighty God, because you gave your best, God, your son Jesus, and he served us by giving us his life and taking our place on the cross to die for our sins. God, may we realize those that are Christians under the sound of my voice that serving is about salvation because you gave your life for our salvation now may we serve you back and help others find what we've already received by carrying the jars and watching you do the miraculous as we continue praying if you're here today and God has spoke to you in whatever way about what he wants you to do in your life. Would you just lift your hand real high? Just lift your hand real high and say, God has spoken to me today. I receive that. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up everywhere. God bless every one of you. God bless you. God bless every one of you. God bless you. Father, thank you through the power of the Holy Spirit and you speaking to the hearts here today, God. God, find us faithful. Spiritual maturity is when we come to the point that we are others, we're other-centered. It's not about us any longer. Find us faithful in that, Heavenly Father. Maybe you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord. He's been in your head, but he's not in your heart. And you know today he's convicting you and he wants to come into your heart and save your soul. And you know that's why you're here. If that's you today as we continue praying, would you lift your hand real high and say, I know that it's the Lord Jesus Christ knocking on my heart today. Lift your hands. God bless you. I see those hands back there. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else, just lift your hand real high. Just say, yes, I know I need to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior today. Would you pray with me? And Christians, would you pray as we pray for those and pray with those? I wish I could pray your prayer, but I can't. But would you pray to him and understand that Jesus lived a sinless life? He never sinned. He served by giving his life's blood on the cross of Calvary to take our place. He rose again. He was the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. So right now, would you just ask him, say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, I ask you to save me. My life is yours. If you prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul, Would you thank the Lord Jesus Christ for that right now? And he's going to give you the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you and God will be the majority when you walk out of here. What I need for you to do, if you gave your life to Jesus, I need you to do this for me. I need you to take a card out of the back of the seat. And I want you to fill it out. Let us know of this day's decision of you receiving Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords in your heart. And we want to help you from this point forward with your next steps with Jesus Christ.
Well, good morning, Freedom Church. I am so glad that you guys tuned in with us this morning. Listen, if you made a decision for Christ today, we want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you. So we have an online connection card. You can click the link in the description of the video that you're watching right now. Um, let us know about it. Let us know that you accepted Christ as your Savior. Um, and also if you made any other next steps, whether you know you want to be baptized or you want to join a connection group or you want to start serving, let us know about it. We want to connect with you. Even though right now we're online, we would just love to continue to connect with you through this season. All right. What's well, one of our favorite parts of the service? Yes, I did say favorite parts. We are going to give back to God. You know, the reason that God calls us to give with open hands is so that he can just continue to pour back into us. We want to be faithful with what he's given us. So if you're ready to give your tithe or offering, you can find links for that. You can go on our app to give um, and you can visit our website. You can also do it the old fashioned way. You can write a check. You can mail it to Freedom Church, 1010 Freedom Church Road in Gallatin, Tennessee, or you can just drop it by the church during the week, during our office hours, Monday through Thursday. So we just are so glad that you watched with us today. Um, we hope you tune back in next week and we'll see you soon.